Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. You have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also, a two time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Former Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and the Buzz Radio Network. And you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz 2 on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. Please like, rate, and review our podcast. And we're coming to you live from the Hyman Services Studios. And I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis. And we are brought to you by Bet Online. And the big game is come and win. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams on their victory tonight over the Cincinnati Bengals. And as always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance, props to where the next FUD coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to the favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get you started. The fastest and easiest wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Jacob, man, uh, where we start with this Super Bowl, it, it was the whole playoffs was crazy, and you knew that the Super Bowl was going to be even crazier. And it was kind of a defensive battle there to the end. And, I mean, the, the Rams kind of just kept, come through at the end. Cooper Cup had a big last-second or last-minute drive with uh, – you just couldn't be even prouder for all those guys, Aaron Donald and just those guys. And so what were your thoughts, quick thoughts on the, on the game? Yeah, a lot of those guys are going to end up retiring or close to retiring, so it's good to see them uh, finally get the chip off their shoulder, you know. Uh, you you love to see Cooper Cup get the uh, Super Bowl MVP, probably arguably the most uh, impressive season out of any realm out there and one of the best wide receiver uh, seasons in, I mean, NFL history. Cooper Cup's one of the best out of Eastern Washington. Uh, uh, an incredible find by, uh, by Sean McVay and the Rams. Yeah, he, he seems like another Edelman. You know, one of those guys that, you know, Edelman was a big, huge oh, key yeah. for the Patriots back in the day. And, you know, Stafford, I mean, to, all those years in Detroit and to go get traded, I mean, a year ago to get traded by the Lions and get to play. And now here we are in the Super Bowl. And, you, you know, you hate it for Joe Burrow because, I mean, the kid played one hell of a year. I mean, you can't do nothing but tip your cap and – 
you know, it was just crazy. And then on that, I mean, but you got to look at that touchdown. And when you looked at it, that T Higgins, you know, when he grabbed Ramsey, I mean, you thought that, okay, this is going to be the deciding factor of the Super Bowl when he grabbed the face mask, got it and, and ran in for a touchdown, you know, but for, for the Rams to come back in their own city, win the game. And it, it was crazy, but, you know, the, the other things with the Super Bowl, I mean, you had the halftime show and the commercials. I mean, some of the commercials was okay, but for the most part, it was it was kind of boring. It was kind of blah, but, man, that halftime show, I know a lot. I mean, it was getting good, mixed reviews, but I really liked it. I wish it was a little bit longer, but as I told everybody, it, it's going to be tough to, tough to follow Prince and his halftime show. Nothing like it in the rain, right there in Purple yeah. Rain. Oh, yeah. Monsoon. I mean, have you have you seen the story on that? They had a, no. they had a story on the halftime show, and it it talked about leading up to that, and there was rain, and he's playing an electric guitar, mind you, and they're like they didn't even know, and he is on this slick glass dance floor that they had, and if you get a chance, YouTube it and look up Prince halftime show. I mean, it is very. I mean, it's a very very good. Um, story behind the scenes of how that all went, but yeah, I mean, again, we say congratulations to the Rams, but we had a busy week in Arkansas sports. I mean, you'll start with the men's basketball team. I mean, you split the series, but you know, we they had the loss against Alabama away early game, but you know, I'll, that's kind of overshadowed the fact that. One of the biggest wins ever, and not just basketball, in Arkansas sports with that win over Auburn on Tuesday night. And just the crowd was so electric and for, to win the way they did and to hold on and beat Auburn. I mean, it was just – it was a magical experience. It was really cool to see them win that game. And I know it was – you know, you follow up with a loss against Alabama, but – Man, that, that that just that atmosphere on Tuesday night was crazy. Yeah, and man, there was there's not nothing like it. That was that atmosphere was even better than the Texas win in football this year. Not saying that it was less important because that win for Arkansas against Texas really set the tone for the season. But the culmination of things, and like I like I tweeted on on Tuesday night that Arkansas didn't rush the floor because they beat Auburn. Auburn fans may think that. Auburn fans think they're in everything school. But all, they rushed the court because it was Arkansas beating the number one team. And it was the first time ever a number one team in Fayetteville, and they weren't going to come out unscathed. And that was the most impressive thing. And uh, the court rush, that probably had to be the most ultimate co- uh, court rush of all time. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, because when you see the picture of the court rush, it's like, where did the fans come from? Because it was like there was – the, the court was full, but the stands were still full. It, it was crazy. Like, how did they fit that many people yeah. in the stadium? And, yeah, I mean, and we talked about it on the last podcast. Of course, I didn't want to give them the credit of, okay, look at us. We're the number one team. We're going to storm. But you can't. In that environment, the way they won the game, you can't help anybody for storming the court, rushing the court, and, the, you know, the $250,000 fine. But, it is, and it's going to the Texas game. It's hard to compare the atmosphere of a football game compared to a game in Bud Walton Arena. 
Um, I mean, you just can't because one, two different sports. There's a lot of downtime in football. There's lulls where a three and out or, you know, just the game kind of goes back and forth. But this game from start to finish, I mean, was crazy high energy in the last couple of minutes. You were just on your feet. And when you thought Auburn was going to get that lead and just kind of pull away and, and take it, you know, and I told some people, you know, I didn't know if Arkansas was ready for that big moment. I mean, because it's hard. You, you know, you've never beaten a number one team. And it seems like when you get to these big games at home, I mean, look at the Kentucky game a couple of years back, you know, when Cal got kicked out. You thought, okay, there's that charge. And the charge went the other way and Kentucky yeah. that went in the game. So, but I'm very proud of the guys. And it was just, you know, a nice win. I'm telling you, I mean, you talking about a, a resume builder when it comes down to the last part of the season, you've only got a few SEC games left, and that was a huge win, and that could be the difference between are they a bubble team or are they getting out of that 8-9 game? You know, Are they going to get in that 7-10 game? You know, and that's big. That's where you, you do not want to be in that 8-9 seeding because that automatically means you win that game. You've automatically – we've seen some mock kind of brackets and – I think the latest one I've seen was Murray State in the first round, and if you beat that game, then you had a rematch with Baylor, and that's that's tough. I mean, that's a tough first-round draw. Yeah, and then I've seen them up as high. I mean, that was Saturday morning. They were a five seed, so they're floating somewhere around the five to seven range. This stretch of basketball, the next six games is going gonna, is gonna to figure out where you're going to be seated at. Throw out the SEC tournament. I don't think it really matters. Uh, unless they just go one and out like they did last year, but it really didn't. It didn't do anything for them. They were still a what a four seed, three seed, four seed last year. It didn't affect their seeding, yeah. I don't believe. But I mean, they have a tough stretch, and I included that in an article that I wrote this morning uh, on Sunday. Uh, let me pull that up here. Um, their next six games are at Missouri, which you know. It's it's a road game. It's it's a road SEC game. It's going to be tough. Then you have Tennessee at home, and you go at Florida at the O'Connell Center, and that place is always, no matter what, a hard place to win a game. Then you come back, and you're at home against Kentucky, at home against LSU, and then you go back on the road to Thomas Bowling Arena and play Tennessee. And that, you know, I think Arkansas can finish 4-2. and two. That, to me, is the best-case scenario because I don't think they come out of Florida unscathed. And I don't think they uh, – and – I don't think they come out against Tennessee on skate. I think uh, I think they can beat them at home. Kentucky, they're at a different level right now. They're playing extremely good ball. I don't think I, I I don't know if Arkansas can beat them at home. I think worst case scenario they finish three and three. Best case scenario they finish four and two. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, and, and Tennessee is not the physical Tennessee that they were last year, and that's always what's kind of tripped Arkansas up is getting those physical teams that just beat you up. And, you know, they don't have what was Admiral Schofield, you know, those guys, those big guys down low, and they don't have uh, anybody like that. You know, they go to Missouri, like you said, and then Tennessee at home. I think that the home court advantage has been heightened up. It's back. So if the, if the crowd keeps on showing up for these, I mean, you got Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU, your home games. And if the crowd keeps showing up, I mean, that's really going to help you know, get those wins, those few points that they need. And if Jalen Williams keeps on playing and J.D. Note keeps on playing the way they've been, you're going to start winning some of these games. 
Because if you win the Auburn game, like I said, a game where you know you had to prove, all right, this is a number one team. You got to prove this is a game you, if you want to get back up to that, you know that elite eight status and how they've been playing and how they've been winning games. But then again, we have to look at the Alabama game and how you go off and you you, you treat that kind of like your Super Bowl, and then you go into the Alabama game just kind of let them. I mean, you still at the end had a chance to win it and. A point I wanted to bring up, and I got a lot of flack. I mean, it was both ways, but I mean, got some flack for the the calls that were were made in the game, and and I think I got not taken out of context. But it's the fact that yes, the the, the balls should have went in Arkansas's favor. That wasn't what I was arguing. I was arguing the fact that you can't let that. Depict you can't blame the refs saying that cost you the game when one you had 27 seconds, you had a plenty of time. It's not like that play went out of bounds, they gave it to Alabama, they went down and, and scored a bucket, and then you had three seconds to try to make a, a miracle play. They hit the bucket, and a matter of fact, I think the dude scored four or five points in a row to give them that lead, and then you had 27 seconds at the end to score. So you still had a chance. And then they like, well, if the refs can't cost you the game, what about the Auburn game? That was a totally different scenario because that right. Auburn game, it, could, it depicted the game. It affected the game in this fact that if that call would have been corrected, Arkansas would have got the ball, run the clock out, game over. That, so when you directly affect a game, therefore it's different than, well, you still had a chance to go down and win that game because if – the call would have went the other way. If the ball would have went out on Alabama and they would have gave the ball to Arkansas and Arkansas pulls out the win, there wouldn't have been nobody said, well, the refs gave us that game. That ain't going to happen. But because the ball went to Alabama, Arkansas lost the game, now we're, we're easy to blame the refs. But let's look at the grand scheme of it. They won, what, eight, nine in a row? I mean, you're not going to win every game. I mean, it, it was 11, I mean, 12 o'clock tip-off on a Saturday. You know, it's it's hard to get up for those games and on the road in the SEC. I mean, it, it's hard. So yeah. you're going to have your bumps and bruises along the way. But this final stretch, like you said, is, is going to be really tough. Yeah, Eric Musselman even said, it's hard enough to win nine games in a row and then your 10th one to lose it by one. Uh, he, he said, you know, it was a, a really dejected locker room. J.D. Note came after the game and said, you know, that loss was on him that uh, he can he can be better. Jalen Williams, you know, he said that it it hurts when our best scorer, our best offensive facilitator is in foul trouble. We have to figure out a way to keep him out of foul trouble. He has to be more disciplined in certain areas or something like that. We've always been the next man up. We've had foul trouble before, and we kind of stay ready. But we have to be better as a team overall when we do lose our best scorer and best facilitator. And that's what uh, Jalen Williams said after the game against uh, against Alabama, uh, talking about J.D. So, you know, foul trouble is a big thing. You saw it with Jalen Williams a couple of nights ago. You had Stanley Amude, who, who in, in parts of that game, he was the glue that kept Arkansas together. Arkansas could have folded up like a lawn chair halfway, when, uh, halfway through the half when they were down 15. And, you know, Stanley kept on going. He kept churning. And he kept Arkansas in it with like two or three back-to-back-to-back threes. But Arkansas has got to do a better job of staying out of foul trouble. But you love J.D.'s aggression. You can't help but not have that. You want him to have it, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the kind of dog he is. So, 
Arkansas is gonna Arkansas is gonna learn from it, and they're gonna get they're gonna get better at it. And man, they're built for March right now. I do believe. Yeah, I mean, and plus, you know, you got to look at all the the emotions and just you're you're drained from. I mean, it was a Tuesday. I mean, it was a short turnaround. So yeah, you no, know, just the emotions. You can't say that they didn't put everything they had into that Auburn game, which rightfully so. So I mean. It's not the end of the world. Guess what? It's not like football season where you lose that game and then that cost you, you know, one game cost you between a New Year's Six Bowl and, you know, a Casamarilla Bowl. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. you still got the SEC tournament. You still got the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, you still got five, six games left from the season. But, yeah. you know, and then, you know, we got the women's. And, and before we get to the women's, man, let me tell you about our people at Nord VPN. You know, what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN can do for you. You know, they give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the treats, with all the threats that face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption that makes sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices and no matter the operating system, with NordVPN unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about those slow connections either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code BLEAV. That's BLEAV to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. And it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And, Jacob, I had a chance to go to the Auburn game, the women's game, and I'm telling you what, I was so proud and happy that Amber Ramirez got her moment to come back to Arkansas, could have went pro, could have, you know, grad transferred out. But for her to come back to Arkansas – and hit that huge bucket at the end against Auburn. They were out three starters. They were out Michaela Daniels. And then right before tip-off, we find out that Samara Spencer and Jersey Wolfenbarger were out due to COVID protocols. So you're down three starters. And then, not to mention, Sasha Goforth, who was even on the court, was battling an illness of her own, running off the court, with fluids, try to keep her hydrated, and she wasn't 100%. And Coach Neighbor said after the game, that was the most important game of the season, and that is the most proud he's been of them all year long. But, man, just Amber, I mean, when she caught that ball, she split the defenders, and I'm like, I look up at the clock, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's like a second, 1.3 seconds left, and she put that ball up and went in. And I'm telling you, that, that was that was an amazing moment for Amber to be able to have in her one of her final home games ever at Bud Walton Arena. Yeah, I got to uh, listen to it a little bit, but then you got to see uh, the the recording that Corey Hyman had yep. of that shot. No, oh, that was special, man. There's nothing like him. She put the team on her back yes. the other night, and you had freshmen step up. Uh, Emory Ellis. Yes. I mean, girl, she had, what, 11 points? Yep. Is that, yeah. I mean, not hasn't played many minutes at all this season that I can remember. Not many in crunch time like that. But, man, Amber Ramirez put the team on her back when they needed her most. And Neighbors is going to ride her as long as he can and, uh, through March, through the NCAA tournament, through the SEC tournament. 
He knows what he has in this team. And just like last night, just like Saturday with the, with the win against Missouri, man, they look good then too. So, I mean, Arkansas women, they're turning the corner and they're getting, you're getting really good at the right time, I believe. Yeah. And that's what I told coach. I said, that was a turning point to me. I mean, I mean, all season long, that was a turning point to be down on the ropes because they could have easily, you know, you're four and five in conference. You're, you're in the final stretch. You want to get to eight and eight. That is their goal. I mean, that's not the goal at the beginning of the year, but they're talking about right now going into this SEC women's tournament. You want to be eight and eight in conference to have a good shot at getting a good seed in the, in the NCAA women's tournament. And for that game, and, you know, Auburn team, you know, they were one and nine in conference. And, I mean, they fought every – I mean, it was honesty just, I mean, absolutely. She's the one that, you know, helped them upset Tennessee and almost upset Arkansas. I mean, it, I mean that team – and I want to give tip my hat to that team and the coaching staff because they fought tooth and nail. They were dealing with their own stuff. They had people playing out of position. Matter of fact, you're talking about Amber Ramirez. She played point guard. She had yeah. played point guard since in high school. And it's just crazy to see that, that, you know, with Sasha playing the way she did, sick and not feeling well, to have, you know, the outing that she did against Auburn. And then again, you know, they got Samara back today, Jersey back today, and it proved. I mean, they pulled away and won 88-71 against a really good Missouri team. And Frank from Missouri, I mean, she had five threes. I mean, she had 23 points. And, they, they started getting defensive stops, started pushing them out more on the perimeter outside, not letting them get those easy three-pointers, and you could see them start pulling away. But the point I was making was, and I told Coach, was, you know, last year or two years ago, that Auburn game, they would have lost. They would have lost games like that because for the first three quarters, it just felt like there was a funk, the fog in the air. The, you know, you, you just find out before tip-off or – you know, whatever they, they put out before the game. You got two starters, three starters, because Michaela Daniels didn't play again today. She's still day-to-day, game-to-game situation. But something clicked in the fourth quarter, and Coach Neighbors said, Auburn started holding the ball. So instead of playing to win, they were playing not to lose, and that gave Arkansas time to rest. And then they just started chipping away at the lead, and then Amber just smelt blood, and she come up, had 30 points, and I, like I said, again, I just could not be any more prouder of her. Yeah, she was uh, had 30 points. She was 5 of 11 uh, from deep. I mean, 5 of 6 at the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, and a 40-minute effort. I mean, she played every single minute of that game and was flawless. I mean, that was a work, work woman's kind of night. Yeah, and they got, you know, coming up, they've got a little final stretch too, you know, before SEC Women's Tournament. And I'm telling you, it, it, it's brutal. I mean, oh, yeah. you've got home in the next – from the 17th to the 24th of February, they have five games. Mm, five games in a 10-day stretch. One of them is a makeup. Yeah. Yes, the Ole Miss game. But it was either – it was either – on the 20th when they're – yeah, February 22nd. So, the February 22nd, it's away. But it was either then or last Sunday or something. He said if that if it would have been put at the different point where it was, where they had to choose the other dates, he said they wouldn't have been able to – they wouldn't have won the game. They wouldn't – and they don't – and he said technically they could have coveted out of 
this Auburn game. They had so many right. people out sick, but he said they wanted to play. So, but yeah, they have a five five games and ten day stretch, and then if you go to the SEC women's tournament, win it. There's another four games in four days. So I mean, there's huge. And so with this win today, I mean, that gets them to six and five in conference play. And then they got Florida, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Georgia coming up on the rest of the season on that schedule. And I'm telling you, they need to win every one of them. And Mississippi State corrected wrong on that. So they they go to Florida, Kentucky at Ole Miss, Georgia at home, and then at Mississippi State to finish out the year. But I can't – we can't move on to the next segment without me mentioning that February 20th at Bud Walton Arena, they're doing a special 23 for 23. They want the 23rd best crowd for Amber Ramirez, and I am I am pushing for 10,000, man. Just what this kid has done for this school to come back. This is her time. She's the only senior on the squad. And Coach Neighbor said today afterwards, he said, I can't wait to get her on, on the staff in some kind of capacity yeah. because she is just that good of a person. And I'm telling you, I, I want all the fans to show up, show out, and, and just show their support for Amber Ramirez on the – February 20th against a good t- Kentucky team that has Ryan Howard. So it's not going to be, a, you know, none of these games are going to be a slouch. No, not at all. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. But I, I believe Arkansas, they, they have the schedule and, and, and the talent to, to beat these teams coming forward. I really do believe that. Yeah. So that will do it for segment one. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the softball team, their trip to Mexico to, uh, Start off their season. They they start their first home game on Thursday, and then we'll do a little cap of what's ahead and, and wrap it up in segment two. We'll be right back after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heinemann Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heinemann Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, HeinemannServices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N Services.com. Heinemann Services. Honeydews have never been so easy. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. And before we go on and talk about the softball team, Jacob, you want to tell us about our friends at McCoy Tiger Pharmacy? Yeah. Uh, McCoy Tiger Drugstore, shared in Arkansas, has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year, and I can attest to that. They not only fix you up with your prescriptions with timely and friendly service, but also have an elite gift shop, all your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. Give them a call at 870-942-5121. And Jacob, how would you like to start off your season 
in Mexico. It's like what Toby Keith uh, says in his country song, what happens down in Mexico stays in Mexico. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I think, uh, man, the way Arkansas has been slugging them bats, they better keep it up and bring it yeah. back to Fayetteville and, and, and uh, Bogle Park. Exactly. They started off at the Puerto Vallarta Ch- College Challenge where they played Rutgers, Memphis, Washington, Long Beach State. And I'm telling you, I mean, they ended up going three and two down there. Their only two losses was to number seven, Washington, which, I mean, eight to nothing, 10-5 losses there. But, I mean, overall, I mean, a very good way to start the season. Of course, you would like to – you know, not get run ruled by Washington in six. And, and of course, in the end, I mean, they're in the last game against Washington. They had a chance to, you know, pull it between eight, six, I believe. And they got robbed of a home run. And then Washington ended up going on to win at 10 five. But Courtney Diefel's got this team rolling. Mary Half, Jenna Bloom, got you a And you got a couple of, you know, transfers coming in from the pitchers. KB Sides from Alabama. They got a Great catcher behind the plate. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm really looking forward to. It's something that kind of got lost on the wayside was, Jacob, today they had a thing where you could go as a fan and try to hit a home run. And if you hit a home run at Bogle Park, you got season tickets paid for. So, I mean, could you imagine stepping in the plate and a 70-mile-per-hour fastball at 40 feet trying to hit one out of Bogle Park? No, man. I couldn't even slow pitch softball, so there's no telling tell if I could hit one that fast. I think my buddy Scuba Steve, uh, uh, one of the greatest Razorback fans there is around the Northwest Arkansas, I think he won a, a Bogle Bomber shirt and and a, a little uh, season tickets and all that. Oh, so he ended up hitting one out? I, I think he hit one out. Awesome, think, awesome. Yeah, so, well, hey, bad props to Suba Steve. Scoop. Yeah. yeah. I forgot to mention, man, at the at the Auburn game, I got to meet Cole, man, the, the super oh, fan. Oh, yeah. Man, that was such a cool moment. You know, I, I went and, you know, got me a Cole's Crew T-shirt. And I'm telling you, it, it was a lot of fun getting to meet him. And um, he was, it, what was a funny story was, was I was sitting there. And I was talking to Cole and uh, Jordan Smith, and uh, I was like, hey, we'll meet up at halftime. We'll get a picture and stuff. Well, I go over there, and clearly, you know, we're talking. Well, he sees Jalen Williams, and he is just wanting to take a picture with him so bad. And you could tell he was wanting to be polite, but yet he really wanted to go take a picture with Jalen. And I sat there and said, hey, man, just go get your picture with Jalen. It's all good, brother. But, yeah, we got us a picture taken. It was really, really fun time. And I'm, I'm going to be sporting that Cole's Crew shirt. So, big shout-out to Cole Smith, man. Yeah, we only thought Porter Hayes was a big deal. And then Jalen Williams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. But, yeah, <clears throat> back to the softball team, man. Um, it's very, you know, Courtney Dyfel, Coach Dyfel said, you know, before the season, this is going to be one of the best ones she's ever had. So, I mean, we're really looking forward to, you know, what's going on. But they've been having some, you know, injury problems, people out. Lenny Malkin had to play right field. You know, she's usually DH slash right. first baseman. So, the pitching, pitching's been really good. But, I mean, you just, they got to get their bats going. You can't have these two, three, four inning lulls with, with, without hits and, and getting – I mean, you get the base runners, but you've got to drive them in. So, that I think that's the only thing, really, they got to look forward to, uh, you know, working on between now and then. But, you know, they got the Razorback Invitational coming up. Um, 
Uh, well, they got a game with Wichita State on Thursday, and then it starts mm-hmm. the Razorback Invitational on Friday through Sunday where teams like Western Illinois, Illinois, and what's crazy is Wichita State is actually also in the Razorback Invitational, and then Longwood, and then um, then return on Thursday the 24th, they got Louisville, and then another Wupig Classic starts on the 25th. So I'm telling you, all these, they, they got a – Razorback Invitational, they have a Pig Classic and an Easton Razorback Rumble. Then they go to James Madison to play an Invitational before SEC play. So that's the thing about the softball schedule, man. They play in a lot of these games, a lot of these Invitationals, you know, kick start the season, and it's different than, like, baseball. I mean, yeah, you might see a, a doubleheader here and there, but, I mean, you know, you're expected. I mean, they play two doubleheaders while they're down there in Puerto Vallarta. So – it's a lot different, and the pitching is a lot different. You can use yeah. one pitcher for two or three games. You know, you can use Mary half for majority of the season, but if, if they get, you know, the pitching the way they've done, of course they're going to run into some problems, but, uh, you know, getting the bats going and stuff. And I don't know if you've seen this, moving on to another team, is UCA had a big softball win over LSU. I don't know if you had a chance to see that or yeah. not. They played each other yeah. last year, and almost and UCA almost, they were hanging with Arkansas last year. And so Arkansas plays UCA later on down in the season. I'll have to look and see. They played them March 1st at Bogle Park. I mean, they played them last year down in Central Arkansas, man. And I'll tell you what, the picture that I've seen of the crowd, that was incredible. How many people was at that game? So looking forward to that in-state game again. But um, is there anything else you can think of before we go on or what? But, uh, yeah, much respect to Mary Half. I got a couple of things. Much respect to Mary Half. That girl can pitch, man. She's, yes. She's one of the best pitchers in college uh, college softball. And another thing uh, is, you know, just how talented this team is, just because, you know, they did get blanked by uh, – by uh, oh, who's number eight Washington – or number Washington, seven Washington. Yes. Yeah, just, be, just because of that, it doesn't mean anything. But the, the amount of talent across the board in baseball and softball, this is the last thing I'm, I've got to add. There's so much parity in college baseball and college softball that anybody can beat anybody. And that's probably part of the reason why baseball and softball are probably two of the best sports there is. Uh, it's just the parity because there's talent everywhere. It's not like in football. It's not like in basketball. Uh, but there's, there's so much parity. Yeah, and, and the thing with softball, you know, with the pitching and the defense, I mean, and how short the fields really are. I mean, all it takes is one good swing of the bat, and they can change a whole dynamic of a game. I mean, that's yeah. that is what's really cool with your basketball and your baseball and softball. You can have these smaller schools, you know, like a guy in basketball drop 30, 34 points, and a, a, te- a middle major team or a smaller school can end up beating, you know, look at Hofstra this year, beating Arkansas. So, I mean, it happens. It's not like football where you're just physically outmanned, you know. And James Madison, the Cinderella yep. of the College World exactly. Series last year. And Arkansas right. has to go to James Madison and play them. So, that's going to be a yeah. very no, I saw that on the schedule. interesting. So I was just looking at them like, very cool. interesting. So, uh, well, man, I, I know we had another jam packed. We had some de- technical difficulties that – we will get figured out and get ready for the next show. But other than that, Jacob, if that will do it for this week's edition of the Hog Talk podcast. And uh, remember, we are always presented to you by Bet Online, and we are found on all podcast platforms across the state. And do not forget to check us out next week on Buzz 2 106.7. For Porter Hayes, Jacob Davis, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>
Big. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.